Do you remember the, the first time you ever asked yourself the question, what would I do if that happened to me? I remember the first time I asked it. It was 1970. I hadn't even been born yet. Okay, okay, I'd been born. I was seven years old. I was sitting in the sanctuary of my little country church. An old retired missionary was there. He had grown up as a missionary child in China with missionary parents. He returned there as an adult and served there for his career. And he was sharing vivid, graphic stories of the torture that the Chinese Christians endured when the communists took over that country in an attempt to get them to, not, to deny their faith. I'm not going to tell those stories because there may be seven-year-olds here this morning. But I can still picture the pew where I was sitting, and, and, and I wondered, what would I do if that happened to me? If I were being tortured in that way, I knew that I would never want to deny Jesus. But I worried that the Craig sitting in that pew in that moment might just do that. And so it started me on this path for a lifetime asking the question, what would I do if? You've probably asked yourself that same question. You've heard the story of of something that happened to someone else, and you ask yourself, what would I do if that happened to me? What if I lost my job and couldn't support my family? What if I got cancer? What if I lost a child? There's no end to the scenarios and the stories, real stories that we've heard. What would I do if? And we're bothered because we can't really answer that question, not with any degree of certainty. It's as if we're strangers to ourselves and we have not yet met that future person. And so we try to create one, right? The hero us says, oh, I would be strong and courageous. But the fearful us says, oh, I don't think I could handle it if that happened to me. This morning I say, stop asking that question. (laughs) Stop asking that question. Stop asking that question. You're not supposed to be able to answer it. You can't answer it. You cannot guess ahead of time what you will do until you are called to do it. And so our goal should not be to determine our days, what they will be, or how many they will be. Instead, you and I need to define how we live each day. The passage this morning, it calls you and me to be in the moment people. Carpe diem, right? Seize the day. You can't determine ahead of time what your day will be. It may end for you before the 24 hours are up. But you and I can define how we live each day. And we can determine that we will define every day the Lord gives us by depending on His strength. And that's my hope that that will be our conviction as we look at the passage together this morning. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want to ask you to turn in Deuteronomy chapter 33. When you found your place, I'm going to ask you to stand so that we can hear read together the word of the living God. Deuteronomy chapter 33, beginning in verse 1. 
This is the word of the Lord. This is the blessing that Moses, the man of God, pronounced on the Israelites before his death. And now verse 24. About Asher, he said, Most blessed of sons is Asher. Let him be favored by his brothers, and let him bathe his feet in oil. The bolts of your gates will be iron and bronze, and your strength will be equal to your days. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you again for your word. All these blessings we've looked at one by one. Father, I pray that as you blessed your people of ancient Israel, so you would bless us this morning. We thank you that that's your heart, to bless your people. So bless us with understanding. Bless us with a vision of who you are and what you've done for us and who it is you've called us to be. Bless us, Lord, by revealing to us our great need for you so that we always depend upon you. Do this in us and through us and for us, we pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Be seated. Well, this morning we come to the end of Deuteronomy chapter 33, and that leaves us only chapter 34, and then we are finished with the book of Deuteronomy. Now, if you're looking at your Bible saying, wait, what about verses 26 through 29? You need to know that we covered those verses months ago, along with the first five verses. That's back when my plan was to look at chapter 33 and say to you all, look, the heart of God is to bless his people. And so I used the first five verses and the last three verses to demonstrate that. And then I wrongly believed that all the verses in between were for a long-ago time and a long-ago people, and we could just skip over those and move on to chapter 34. But thankfully, the Spirit of God revealed to me that I was very wrong in my thinking. These blessings are rich. Thank you, Butler. (laughs) No, it wasn't Butler. Whoever said it. Luke, thank you very much. And so you know what we've done. We have dug into chapter 33, 15 sermons worth to see how it is that God blessed his people before he sent them into the promised land, their new home. To see how it is that God blessed them so that in that land they might love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. We've seen how it is that God blessed his people so that in that land they might be a blessing to the nations of the world. And guess what? Those are the very things that we seek now, right? To love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to make a difference in this place for Jesus' sake. So the good news is that that our God is an unchanging God with an unchanging heart, and so the blessings with which he blessed his people then to live well in the land, he blesses us in the same way. And so this morning, we come to the very last part of the very last blessing, a tremendous blessing. For all God's people who are making their way through this world day by day and moving toward the next. This is what we need to know about each one of those days. Verse 25. The NIV reads, And your strength will equal your days. Similarly, the English Standard Version, the King James Version, translate it, And as your days, so shall your strength be. Be. 
But then the New American Standard, and many of you use that version, translates it this way. And according to your days, so shall your leisurely walk be. So again, we have this dilemma, right? Which is the the correct translation of this Hebrew word? This word appears only here in the Old Testament. So we can't look at its meaning in another passage or another context. And we would all literally fall asleep. If we talked about the process that translators use to determine which one is accurate. And you know what? Honestly, in this context, the meanings aren't really that different. They are closely connected and interdependent. If strength be the correct word, that strength comes from the Lord, and you will rest only when you live in that strength. So whether it's strength or rest, it's kind of the same. If rest be the correct word, that rest only comes when you are resting in the strength of the Lord. So here it is. You only have true rest when you rest in the Lord, and you only rest in the Lord when you are living by His strength. Did you follow that? Made perfect sense to me. But for the balance of the morning, we're just going to go ahead and translate this word strength instead of rest. As your days so will your strength be. And I want us to take the rest of our time together this morning to talk about the nature of that strength. And here's what we need to know about the strength of the Lord. It is limited. As your days, so shall your strength be. Strength is limited to your days. Now, we broadly understand days to mean the days of our lives, not the soap opera. Asher, for the duration of their lives, they will be blessed with the strength of the Lord. More narrowly, the word days refers to specific individual days. And so the blessing then is for the strength of the Lord for each day of an indeterminate life. The strength is limited to the need for that day. So as your Sunday goes, so shall your strength be. As your Monday goes, so shall your strength be. Strength for this day. Here's what we can't do. We can't skip ahead to Saturday. And what might happen and what might already be scheduled and ask ourselves, what would I do if? Because Saturday's strength will not be available to you until Saturday. You can't store it up. You and I have a daily limit on our withdrawal. There's a daily limit on our withdrawal. You can only take out what you need for the day, but you can take out All that you need. Psalm 46, verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever present help in trouble. An ever present, very present, really present, in the present, God. His help is available. And so Psalm 46 says, Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Because we have an ever-present, daily-present God who helps us. I like the line in the 
the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine and 10,000 besides. See, the strength is for today. The bright hope is for tomorrow. And the hope is that the strength will be available to us again on that day. God limits us to just enough. And we get a little uncomfortable talking about limiting God because we know that God is infinite, an infinite God. And so usually we use the word abundant to talk about God and how he gives. We use the word lavish. We think about the Luke chapter 6 Jesus who says that it will be given to you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The very thing that a bag of potato chips is not, right? It's half full of air. No, God is an abundant God. More like when I'm bagging leaves, right? We have 26 trees in our yard, 26. And those trees produce a lot of leaves. And I'm too cheap to waste all the, buy and waste all those bags. And so I put the leaves in the bag and I shake down the bag. Then I put my hands down and press down the leaves. Then I get in the bag. Oh, yes. I get in the bag and I stomp and I jump and then I do it all again. More leaves, the same process over and over and over. That's how God gives, right? God fills it up, shakes it down, presses it down, puts more in, shakes it down, presses it down, adds more and more and more and more until it's overflowing, right? That's how God gives. Not not, not a God who limits his giving. We think about the disciples picking up 12 baskets full of of leftovers after Jesus had fed more than 5,000 people, way more than 5,000, with five loaves and two fish. We think about God being a lavish God, not a God with the limits. We think of Ephesians 1, verse 8, and the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. We don't think of a God of limits. And make no mistake, God is limitless and he is infinite. But this abundant And limitless God believes that it's for our good to limit us. As your days, so shall your strength be. He will not give you grace and strength to meet a trial until there's a trial in your life to meet. You can't get ahead. You can't. You can't store up grace and strength. God gives it. To you and me in the moment that we need it so that you and I don't first go to our stores. You know, walk over to the cabinet, open it up, look around. What do I have? Move around a few things. Yep, 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 yep. Got everything I need for today. Close the cabinet. Lord, thank you so much, but I don't need you for today. I can take care of it on my own. Lord doesn't let us store up so we can do that. The Lord limits us so that we have to be dependent on him, so that we have to pray, Lord, as my day, let my strength be. Your every day and my every day has got to be defined by dependence on the strength of the Lord. This is how we'll be blessed. You and me, our blessing, being with the Lord every day. What a huge blessing that is. When that's how we have to live our lives. 
That's how we're going to change the world. Do you know how your demeanor changes? How your personality changes? When every day you are going to the Lord, asking for his grace and strength, you're a different person. And the world notes that, that you've been in the presence of the Lord. So it's a blessing that the Lord limits us and makes us dependent on him and will not allow us to store up more than we need. He wants us to live in the moment. And this is one of the very first realities that the Lord impresses on his people right after he delivers them from the bondage and slavery of Egypt. God does that in chapter 14. He delivers the people. He sets them free. Exodus 15, the people celebrate. We're free. They sing. They dance. They play the tambourine. Chapter 16, they complain because they're hungry. And the Lord says to them, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. Manna. But the Lord is very specific about how they're to use the manna. And he tells them this. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So in other words, no gathering on the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. The Israelites did what they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. They all had enough. Then Moses said, No one is to keep any manna until morning. Ah, so now, setting us up for this potential collision, right? Between what God wants and between what we want. Human nature says, I'll save. I'll get more than I need because I'm afraid if I don't, there won't be any tomorrow. Maybe God won't provide manna tomorrow, so I'll save it up and make sure I have it. That's the fearful person. Maybe the person is efficient. You know, I'm going to gather all I need on Monday for the whole week so I can take the rest of the week off and go fishing. That person's all about efficiency. Or maybe the person is wanting to be self-sufficient. I don't want to depend on the Lord. He might, I'll store up what I need so I have what I need. No, it doesn't matter the, the motivation that might tempt people to disobey. The point is, what the Lord wanted to teach them was daily obedience. And so the story continues. Some of them paid no attention to Moses. Raise your hand if that surprises you. Right, no surprise, right? They paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of the manna until morning. This is the great part of the story. But in the morning, it was full of maggots and began to smell. See what God did? He made it so there was no way around this lesson. Store up all you want, but it will be worthless. It'll stink and it will be full of maggots. God was not going to allow his people to have more than they needed for that day. As your day, so shall your strength be. God wants his people dependent on him in the moment. We hear Jesus teaching his disciples to pray that very, that, that very prayer. Give us this day our what? Daily bread. This day our daily bread. 
Likewise, as we read earlier in the service this morning, Jesus says, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has trouble enough of its own. And each day also has a strong and mighty, ever-present, daily present God to see us through it. He makes provision for you and for me in it. Like the people of ancient Israel, the one who gathered much didn't have too much. And the one who gathered little didn't have too little. And so it is for God's grace and strength for us. So stop comparing yourself to other people, especially other believers, and the strength that they have. Stop making an idol out of what other believers do, saying, I wish I could do that. When you do, you're giving the glory to them that belongs to God instead. They didn't get through that particular situation because they have more metal than you. They did it because in the moment they needed it the most. Perhaps even when they were at their lowest, weakest point, God gave them all the grace they needed, no more and no less, to God be the glory. Some people say, oh, I could never be a pastor, Craig. I don't know how you do it. I could never be a pastor. Yeah, you could. If God called you to it, he would give you the strength for it. I do the same thing. I look at Chris Brown here at the church, a chaplain at MUSC. I say, Chris, how do you do it? Every day you deal with sick and dying people and tragedy. I could never do it. Yeah, if God called me to it, I could do it. His strength would be there. So if you and I are determined to look around us, it shouldn't be in order to compare ourselves. We should look around us for evidence of how the Lord came through for that person. How the Lord poured out His grace. How the Lord gave them strength for their days. In other words, as you and I look around, it should inspire us to look up. To look up to Jesus. This is what He said to His disciples in Mark 13. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. It's a new paradigm for the disciples. At this point, nobody's been arrested. Nobody's been beaten. They've been following Jesus, listening to him, seeing his miracles. But when they go to bed this night, what do they think? Wow, trial, handed over, delivered over. What does Jesus mean by that? And it could keep the disciples awake at night. I didn't bargain for this. But in the very moment that they worry, and they can worry if they want, but at least they have to own the fact that they're doing what Jesus said not to do. Do not worry about it. Do not let it keep you up at night. In the moment when you need me, I will be there for you. Luke records it this way. Jesus says to the disciples, They will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my name's sake. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. For I will give you utterance and wisdom 
which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. Isn't that great? Don't worry. The Lord will be with us and for us in the moment when we need him. And so you and I define our indeterminate days with dependence on the Lord. As your day, so shall your strength be. So you and I ought to be free people. Free from the worry of what will be. Free from trying to write a script for ourselves about what we might do, hoping we will do what we should do. To make us people who are eager to make the most of every opportunity. The only reason we don't make the most of every opportunity is because we fear what that opportunity is. Oh, I'm afraid. What if I can't? What if this? What if that? No, we're free. Whatever the opportunity, in the moment, the Lord's strength will be there for us. As our days, so shall our strength be to the end of our days. Now, now we're getting to a fear, aren't we? The end of our days. Perhaps this is the moment that causes us more fear than anything on earth when we think about it ahead of time. What will I do when I stand before the God of the universe? Talk about needing strength to stand before the Lord and not crumble in that moment when all that we have done will be made known. Do you think the Lord will abandon you in that moment? Do you think the Lord will say in that moment as you stand before him, well, you're on your own now. Start giving an account for yourself. Never. His strength will be there for you and for me in that moment as well. And his strength for us in that moment is Jesus, right? The one that Scripture calls our advocate. The one that Scripture calls our intercessor. There he will be, right beside us, holding us up, giving us strength. He will be the one who says to us, Yes, the sin of this one is great, but my blood and my forgiveness is greater. That's what Jesus will do for us in that moment. And he'll get us through that moment that we dread so much until we're on the other side of it, hearing God the Father say, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. That's good news, right? If we've placed our faith in Christ, if you have not trusted in Jesus because you think, well, I don't believe in him, Or, well, I I don't need him, even if he does exist at all. Let me tell you, believe what you want. No matter what you believe, you will stand before the one and only true and living God. And if you have not trusted Jesus, you are going to have to face that moment all alone in your own strength, just like you tried to live your life. And your words in that moment as you stand before God will be as useless as maggot-infested manna.
useless. So the only what would I do if question that you really need to be asking this morning is, what would I do in that moment if I am not in the Lord? If I have not placed my faith in Him for salvation. Now I have digressed. Let's come back to earth, right? This is finish back here on earth because that's where we all are right now. And let's claim this tremendous blessing that is ours. As your days, so shall your strength be. And let's live in the power and the peace of that blessing and commit that we will define our days and every day that the Lord gives me to live, I will live it in strength, in dependence on His strength. Because we need His strength. We need it to obey right now. We can't obey in our own. We need Him. So we have Him right now. We need the strength of the Lord to act right now. We cannot act effectively apart from the strength of the Lord. So we have that strength right now. And when each one of us is strong in the Lord, we are this family on mission together and we are strong and we can bless each other and we can change our city. And we can be strong and we don't have to worry. What will they think if I say this? What will they think if I do that? How will they react? Don't worry about it. Seize gospel moments to speak gospel truth. Seize gospel moments to do gospel acts of love and compassion and justice and mercy in the Lord's strength. Do not wait till you think you've stored up enough strength to do it on your own. As your days, so will your strength be. Do not defer making right choices until tomorrow. God is a right now God. He's an in the moment God. And he's a God who limits us to just enough so that we will always be dependent on him. What would I do if that happened to me? You won't know until it happens to you. But when it does, in that day, you will have what you need day by day. So define your indeterminate days by dependence on the strength of the Lord. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. All these blessings. Lord, all these many weeks of seeing how you've blessed your people. And Lord, how beautiful this last portion of the last blessing to know that you are the almighty God and that every day of our lives, your strength is available to us. Lord, so many implications about that truth. One, that you are an omnipotent God of all power, but also you are an omnipresent God. You are always present. You have not left us, abandoned us, or forsaken us. You are here in this moment with us now, offering to us your strength. So, Father, I pray that we would set aside walking through this world on our own, even as believers. Lord, forgive us for going to the cupboard to check our stores to determine when we need you and when we don't, to determine, oh, Lord, I need you in this, but I don't really need you in that. We need you in all things, Lord, all the time. So I pray that your blessing and your promise to be available and strong on our behalf and ever-present help in trouble will always resonate in our hearts and our souls so that we will be people who daily depend on you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.